Welcome to the Plugged In Show. I'm Adam Holtz, your host. Each week, our Plugged In team gathers for a conversation about what's happening in the world of pop culture and technology. And we want to invite you to be a participant in that conversation, too. So thanks for joining us. Today, we're going to be talking about, wait for it, Veggie Tales. Woohoo! Oh, yeah. And we'll dive into a discussion about how to respond when celebrities suddenly embrace Jesus. But first, let's see who is here today. We have Kristen Smith, Paul AC, Jonathan McKee. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, everyone. And I want to dive in with a fun icebreaker that's sort of tangentially related to VeggieTales, but not really. What was your favorite animated or kid show growing up and why? I think Christian should answer this first since she's the closest to childlike age. Oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Well, I had a lot, but when I was really, really little, my mom could never get me to shut off Barney because I would watch it oh over my and over goodness. and over again. Yeah. So I don't typically, I don't really remember that that much, except I do remember when I lost my Barney doll and it was like yeah. the end of the world. And but the- as an only child oh. at the time, I've got another one. So. And I'm sure the purple dinosaur still dances somewhere in your subconscious and disturbing that's ways, right? Because right? that's, that's right. what Barney did. Uh-huh. Yep. Can't think of anything else. Oh, my goodness. Well, I'll jump on the on the whole Barney bandwagon and, and have my own sort of pseudo dinosaur. Back in the 1970s when I was growing up, there was a very strange, strange show called Sigmund the Sea Monster. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't remember very much about it, but there were just these guys waddling around in sea monster outfits, and I thought it was the greatest (laughs) thing ever. I thought it was so cool. Oh yeah. Oh man, I thought you know when you when you were talking about dinosaurs, I thought you were going to go with like Land of the Lost. Land of the Lost. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I thought, I thought about going. that too that's because that, that was that was a favorite of mine too. But it scared me a little bit, you know, because you had this dinosaur and yeah. What if they never had the, like the twig to stick in his mouth <laughs> and the sleeve stag, <laughs> Chaka? Yeah, those. Ooh. I miss the. Oh th- no, those things were freaky, man. Those those scared me. But yeah. You know, it's funny that that makes me just think of this time where and it I. I Man, kids don't have this today, and it's kind of sad because, you know, now of course people can access anything, anytime, and stream it whenever. But, you know, when I grew up in the so spoiled (laughs) when I grew up in the seventies and eighties, for us it was Saturday morning cartoons totally. And my brother and I would wake up, and we would. I mean, before we even wanted to wake up, we did because you couldn't sleep through Saturday morning cartoons because you couldn't record them. This was pre VCR, right? So we would get up right. and watch the Bugs Bunny right show, yeah. And all, I mean, then they had this nice—I mean, literally from about seven a.m. till probably about ten thirty or eleven, it was just program after program, you know, from you know to Scooby and Scrappy and all that. And I tell you, Super Scooby friends. and Scrappy. Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness! I know. Can you believe Scrappy. that? Uh, yeah. Let me have them. Uh, you know, but it was awesome. So did your. <laughs> Did did your parents not turn off the TV? See, my parents made me turn off Saturday morning cartoons after after an hour, so I had to be very selective over what I what I watched. Yeah, no, my this explains a great deal yeah, actually. Yeah. No. Were, were you not? Did you not have dis, as discerning parents as no, I did? My par- no, my parents oh, turned off Starsky and Hutch, but they let us watch Saturday morning <laughs> cartoons. And I think my favorite definitely was Scooby Doo because. I mean, you've got a bunch of like kind of cool teenagers figuring out crime. And of course, you got those two bumbling doofs, you know, Scooby and Shaggy, who 
always wanted food. Raggy? So I could totally relate to that. You know, Shaggy would always be like, hey, a refrigerator. And he'd be like, Bruh, refrigerator. <laughs> you know, and I was like, this is so awesome. How <laughs> sidetracked there by food. And I related to that. I relate to all of those things. And like you said, it was it was more limited. It wasn't everything on demand all the time like we have now. I mean, I remember even when Cartoon Network showed up, I'm like, well, this isn't fair. <laughs> I can just watch cartoons anytime. But anyway, I digress. So let me keep moving us a little bit forward. Although I will say my favorite was Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. Yeah. Go Speed Never Racer. Saw. Jim Jim. Yeah, I know. Dude. I know. It wasn't in my hour-long block, so uh, I never saw it. Well, I imagine that's the case. Well, <laughs> let me use that as a segue into our first segment. We are going to talk about VeggieTales, which yes. is a, a franchise that has come and gone and come and gone. And I know um, our very own Paul AC has done some thinking and writing about this. So mm. I'm going to punt things to you to get us kicked off here today, Paul. Paul, what is the status on VeggieTales these days? Status is VeggieTales is back. Now, this is not an unusual thing because since VeggieTales' parent company, Big Idea, uh, went bankrupt, I think, in nine, or 2004, I believe. It's come back a couple of times. Yeah. It's been on Netflix. It's done some other things. Um, but it's never really come back in the same way. Uh it is now back in earnest. Phil Vischer uh-huh. is is one of the creative forces behind it again, as as he was from the very beginning. But he was uh, out for a while, correct? He was out for a while. He did some voice work, but he wasn't really in the creative process. It, it, the The creative process was sort of taken away from him. And and when I talked with him, I actually talked to him with him about this uh, this new iteration of VeggieTales. He's quick to point out that he's still, you know, he doesn't have the hammer. You know, he's still working for somebody, but they are allowing him and his team to really make VeggieTales the way it was. Um, And I have really good news to report in that what I've seen of VeggieTales, I just happened to see the Christmas special, which is Chewbacca in it. Oh, if only, if <laughs> no, only. Right. which is out on DVD. You can you can get the DVD. I think it's also on TBN now. Um, the Christmas special is a delight, and it reminds me of VeggieTales proper. It's fun. It's theologically sound. Super silly. I really enjoyed it. I mean, it it took me back to when my kids were growing up it's with so VeggieTales, and I really appreciated that. Yeah. Well, why do you guys think VeggieTale was such a runaway success? It came out in 1993 and, you know, sort of right there a little bit before the Internet age really got underway and and you had to buy it on DVD. And so it wasn't like it was readily accessible, but all of a sudden it felt like it was everywhere. So why do you think it was such a success? Oh, man, I tell you, the fact that they started in 93, my my firstborn was born in 93. So, I mean, we kind of, you know, my kids grew up with veggie tales and of course this was the the day and age where you could just buy a vhs tape and put it in the vcr for those incredible 240 lines of resolution and uh i tell you man we just as adults my wife and i we were laughing all the time we thought it was so great i worked in youth ministry at the time with some pretty rough kids and i would play veggie tales and i tell you they loved it. I mean, so I, there was something about it where it literally reached people of all ages with a really good message. It was fun, fun voice work, quality Christian programming. Who'd have thunk it? Yeah, I think a, a lot of it probably has to do with the quality, which is interesting because I wouldn't say that that's like across the board for Christian programming. Um, but it's it, I think because it's funny and they use humor and it's not this like condemning 
you know, really straight laced like storytelling. They they have fun with the biblical characters, which you know the Old Testament isn't exactly rated G. Um, but it's yeah, I think I think silly songs with Larry definitely. <laughs> We're gonna come carries back to over. That. Yeah. We're gonna come back to <laughs> silly oh, songs. So hold that thought. And I would just echo everything that everybody said. I think, I think that within the the kind of the the Christian bubble that we can find ourselves in, if we're looking for Christian entertainment, it can be hard to find something that is both, you know, strongly spiritual and really fun and super good. And I think that that Veggie Tales was was one of the only things that I can really point to to say this is as good as anything that the secular world could come up with. Yeah. This I was, agree. you I could agree. show this to your atheists, your agnostic friends, and they would still find it funny. And yet when you were able to strip away all the silliness and stuff, you, you had this powerful but very simple message. Yeah. You know, it, it's really interesting. I think that 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 Veggie Tales, what, what Phil Fisher has been able to do um, with this show is is he's been able to give some pretty mature uh, spiritual lessons to kids to and really make it accessible to kids. And I think that's a remarkable thing. Well, and I think that in some ways they um, they did what Pixar has done. They managed to appeal to a really young audience. But there was this whole nother meta layer there that you watched it as an adult. Yeah, yeah. And you could tell they were throwing you things that that the kids would never get. And I think yeah. when was Toy Story? I mean, I think they, they predate Pixar. And I don't know that they influence Pixar necessarily directly. But I think that they did the same kind of thing successfully that Pixar did. One of the things that, that is remarkable, too, is how much people still embrace VeggieTales even to this day. I mean, I think that we can all think about about episodes that we really valued. Even as we were coming down to record, we had we had a coworker who was singing songs from from the show that she remembers when she was a child. If and I think like that that there's to talk to the <laughs> It's an amazing thing when you think about it how how much that not only the 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 fun that you have in the moment, but how those things sort of stick with you. Yeah. Paul, I just got to ask, you were talking with Phil Fisher. Did it just feel like you were talking with Bob the Tomato? I mean, did you hear the voice? Well, you know what? He actually did a few voices for me. I was so excited. He <laughs> he slipped into talking like the gourds, and he talked like Bob the Tomato for so me a little uh, bit. Because, you know, uh, because I, one of the things that I asked him was, he's been away from this for a while, and I, yeah. I wanted to ask him whether these veggies... He hasn't worked with them for a good long while. Have their voices changed? Could they still work with together? (laughs) You know, it was really one of those things where, where you get so involved with these characters, can you jump off like it was? It was just like old friends, and and so he 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 talked in his voices and said it was yeah, it was it was great. It was great. It was a really Um, fun talk. Well, we've touched on this a little bit already, but I want to explore it just a bit more. What do you think Veggie Tales potentially teaches us about trying to communicate a Christian message in the broader mainstream culture today? Because I think there are some lessons there. I think they use humor so well. And talking with young people today, humor is such an important part. Kids love to laugh. You know, we studied, uh, you know, we looked at a report just a couple of weeks ago on our podcast of what young people love to do the most with their devices. And watching funny YouTube videos is right up at the top. And so for them to take, you know, this creative medium and use humor all the time, that's huge. And then to be able to turn that corner and use scripture to talk about truth. I love the way they do that. They, they, they do that seamlessly. 
they do do it seamlessly. And I think that um, it does it in such a way you don't even realize you've been disarmed. It's not like they're they never feel like they're trying. You know, sometimes yeah. when I crack a joke, people's response tells me, <laughs> oh, buddy. You are trying way too hard, and if you're the first one to laugh at your joke, it's not working. But, but, it, but you know, sometimes I felt, and I'm going to be maybe slightly mean here, Christian humor is a bit of an oxymoron. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but VeggieTales totally pulled it off. Yeah, and I think that one of the things that, that it reminds us is how important quality is yeah. in the world of Christian media. I think that if you really want to – you know, I, I think that, that that Christians can embrace a wide variety of entertainment, and I think that that's really valid and important. But at the same time, if you want to reach out into the culture, you need to be good. Yeah. You I mean, you don't have strong. to sacrifice quality. Right. And, and you don't have to sacrifice that. the message either. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can still appeal. Yep. So, okay, I'm going to land the VeggieTales plane if there is such a thing. Imagine Bob and Larry on the side of a 747. So just that. Well, the Larry Boy vehicle, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, vehicle. he's got a plane? Oh, I forgot. So that's my bad. So favorite silly song with Larry and why? And if you have to sing a, a small portion of it i guess that's okay i don't know if i recommend that okay my two are song of the cebu and love my lips those Uh, are just so solid and if you don't know them by heart already i won't judge you but you should go listen to them right paul you know i i was also torn between two songs (laughs) i really like Oh, where is my hairbrush? Oh, oh yeah, boy. That's a good because one. I really yeah. sympathize with oh, the no where hair. Is <laughs> my hairbrush? Yeah, no hair. But I also really think one of the most touching, silly songs that I've ever heard in 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 Veggie Tales lore is is my cheeseburger. Oh, so good. I get I get so teary eyed when yeah, I hear it. That's awesome. You know, oh, where is my hairbrush? Is the first one I immediately played it in youth ministry to a group of unbelieving kids and literally for years these kids would be like oh where is my hairbrush right it was awesome so yeah no that one is just by far my favorite yeah well and as somebody who's totally bald i sort of feel like that's the the patron saint song for bald people a, a cruel anyway, irony you have a that's lot in a li- common with Larry that's a little I awkward that. and i also i also adore the water buffalo song so good. just for its sheer absurdity you know, it just sort of embraced this random weirdness that yeah. was delightful and lovely. I'll mention just one other thing since we're talking about silly songs. On the DVD, there's a whole bunch of remixed versions of these silly songs that you can you can watch. Oh, so, that would be for awesome. what it's worth. Oh, where's my hairbrush remixed by Timbaland? <laughs> <laughs> right, I could I could see that. So, if you have a favorite Veggie Tale memory or song that you'd love to share with us, um, you can shoot us an email at team at the plugged in show.com that's team at the plugged in show.com so we're going to segue into our second segment at this point and that is about celebrities and faith and every so often in our pop culture somebody who we perhaps didn't expect does something really interesting they realize that jesus is relevant to them and We've seen it happen over and over. In the last couple months, especially, uh, we've watched as Kanye West has gone through, uh, frankly, a pretty Mm -hmm. remarkable um, transition. Uh, He had a new album out called uh, Jesus is King, and he had a movie out by the same name, which really is 
mostly just gospel singing. Uh, and it's been incredible to see him sort of embrace Jesus. He's been doing these Sunday services. Uh, and he's even talked about how his behavior has changed, how he's parenting his kids differently, yeah. some of the conversations he and his wife are having. I think for those of us who are Christians, it can put us in an interesting place in terms of how do we think about this? And so I want to talk about that today. What's your first response when celebrities start talking about Jesus and why? I think it's interesting that we even say um, someone that we don't expect, you know, as if we expect other people to embrace God and, and others we don't. I think that speaks to an insane level of really just like arrogance and, mm. and presumption and totally agree well thank you well no 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 i just i think that's it's true though i mean i think we even if we don't say it out loud we have that thought right where oh i didn't expect them to like love jesus and really we should say that about ourselves too yeah that's a yeah. terrific thought Kristen. i think you're right in that we can have presuppositions about who is likely to respond to the gospel right and even when we read the gospels the people who responded to Jesus were not necessarily those we would have expected. Yeah. Well, this has been a tough issue in the world of youth ministry, not because we don't think Jesus can change anyone's lives. I mean, in scripture, we see him change literally the worst of sinners. I think the tough thing for us is that as we're shepherding young people and we are looking for kind of role models that they can look up to, I think we're trying to be very careful who we introduce them to. And so it's hard because we never want to be a judge on this. But when it comes to Kanye, we've kind of seen him do this before. We've seen him talk about Jesus. We've actually seen him over a decade ago receive an award and say, I want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then we see him on Jimmy Kimmel talking about how he still looks at porn on Pornhub. And all of a sudden he's the creative director on the Pornhub Awards literally last year. So this is tough for us to kind of go, wait a second, is this just another phase? So I really want to believe in Kanye and I know Jesus can absolutely transform him. I think I just don't jump immediately to say, Hey, let's all, you know, buy Kanye's new album. Let's start listening to all of, you know, Kanye's new stuff. I'm kind of just giving it some time because I'm really hoping that it's an authentic change. Well, yeah. and, you know, I think I think that, that when you look at all of our Christian walks, Absolutely. there's a lot of inconsistency there. You know, I think that, that all of us struggle to follow God's call. We struggle to be the Christians that we know that we need to be. Uh, the idea of, of when celebrities embrace God, I think that, that – it's a really difficult thing for me to process because I, I think that that there's so much pressure because they live in the public eye. While our mistakes are sort of yes. under wraps, yeah. theirs are right there in full view. And so they're they're processing their own walk and, and it can be just a huge burden, I think, when you're a celebrity and a Christian trying to walk the walk and, and try to be the role model, like you say. Yeah, I think it's probably more of an appropriate response to say, I can like pray for you and be so excited for what God is doing right. in your life, but I don't have to follow you. You know, like I'm right, not following exactly. you. I'm following Jesus, um, but still so excited about what's being produced in your life because it's true. I mean, there, if I think back on my own life, like thank God that there weren't cameras on me all the time, you know, like through my walk and we didn't have, we didn't have that same experience, you know? And so I think like, like you were saying, well, and, can separate the two. and it gets to the, to the idea of role models. And this is something that, that I've, I've written about before, I don't know if I really believe in the concept of role models because we are all so fallible. And as soon as you hold somebody up to say, this is how you should act, 
they're bound to disappoint because they're human. It's yeah. not that they're bad people. They're just people. And so I think that, that the idea of, of, of role models is maybe something we need to walk back a little bit, I think. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think it really gets tough you know, when you're basically out on the front lines. If you're a mom or a dad and your kid comes up to you and says, hey, can I listen to Kanye? All of a sudden now you're like in this position where you don't want to be a judge and you don't want to be mean. And you can easily say, like Kristen brought up some great points, hey, let's pray for Kanye. I'm so excited about this change you know uh, you know we sure aren't perfect you know and, and you, you could try to say these things but you, you don't want to be like oh well watch you know he's just gonna you, you don't want to make some judgmental right. statement but to all of a sudden like, I tell you like I don't know if you just saw the news but there's a conference called strength to stand and they actually lost their keynote speaker because mm-hmm. their keynote yep. speaker was going to be John Chris and mm. what mm. ended up happening was they that someone said, Hey, you know what? I've got a connection to Kanye. Do you want us to ask? And they asked and it talked about an amazing thing. Literally the conference coordinator gets this phone call and he thought it was a telemarketer. And he's like, this is Scott. And he heard a voice say, Hey Scott, this is Kanye West. And he was like, what? You know? And so it was interesting because the two of them ended up talking and he's like, Hey, if you'd like to, you know, pray about this. And Kanye said, Hey, after prayer and deliberation, I want you to know, I'm not considering this. I'm coming. So he's coming to this conference. And of course, it sold out immediately. So this this is a tough thing for us to all think about because I, I don't I honestly don't know what I would do in that situation. Would I when I make him a speaker? All I can say is I'm praying for Kanye. I'm excited. I hope this is an authentic thing. And uh, it, it's one of those things where I think we're going to have to sit and watch. Yeah, I think that's right. And I think we've seen something that's sort of parallel with Justin Bieber. I mean, Justin Bieber, when he first exploded on the scene, talked about Jesus. Uh, we had a chance to interview his mother. His mom is a strong believer. And yet, you know, one day he would be talking about Jesus and the next he's drag racing Lamborghinis and, you know, doing bad things in other countries. <laughs> and there's this sort of ricocheting back and forth. And as Kristen was talking about, you know, if, if all of us had to grow up with a camera mm-hmm. on us, we might have seen some of the same kind of behaviors. But oh, I feel man. like with Justin, each time he has circled back around, it seems like there's more depth there in his understanding and what he's communicating and I think that that's kind of how I think about spiritual growth is it's not just this linear thing where we identify our weakness and we we deal with it and we move on. Most of us have circled around and around and around the same issues for our entire lives. And so I see that in somebody like Justin Bieber. Uh, and yet I, I, I watch Kanye kind of with my breath held. You know, I'm like, I love that he's all in. It seems like it seems like he's totally sold out to Jesus to use sort of an old fashioned phrase. Uh, and I'm kind of just waiting for the other shoe to drop. Uh, but is that, is that cynical? Am I just sort of, you know, looking at it in terms of human nature? I don't know. So there, it's complicated. And I think sometimes we can take a, a really polarized response. We mm-hmm. can say, well, you know, it's all just a publicity stunt. Look at all the garbage he's done in the past. I'm not going to pay any attention to it. Or, Sometimes I think as Christians, we we feel validated when somebody in the mainstream culture, you know, adopts what we believe is true and we get on the Kanye bandwagon. And I think what we're talking about is sort of somewhere in between. Well, and I think that sometimes if our kids stump us with a question, you know, mom, is, is Kanye a Christian? I think sometimes, you know, return the question with a question and say, 
Boy, you know, I, I don't know. It's not for me to judge, but let me tell you something. How do you think we could pray for Kanye right now? You know, hey, how can I pray for you right now? You know, we're all sinners. We all need Jesus. What can we be praying for right now? And that way, instead of making a declaration, yeah. you know, judging where he's at, uh, speaking the truth we know, which is, hey, this should be something of prayer. This could be an exciting thing. Um, let's pray about this together. One of the things that, that always makes me a little bit uneasy when we have conversations about other people's faith is it sometimes feels like we're giving them sort of a report card. They're doing really well in this area. Right. They're doing really poorly <laughs> in this area. And I think that the Christian walk is just a different animal. You know, it, everybody has their own unique pathways to God, I think. And, and, and like you say, Jonathan, I think that, that when it comes to people in the, in the public eye, I think we pray for them. I think we root for them. We point to the good things that they do. We tell our kids, don't emulate the bad things that they do and just trust that God is taking them into his arms at his own pace. Yeah, I mean, something similar. We were talking this morning about the story of King David and, and Solomon. I think if you if you were to like look at that, they were in the public eye, right? And we look at the Bible and we say, oh, look at this, this man who is after God's own heart, which God even said about him. But wow, look at all the other stuff he did, yeah. right? Like, look at the line. He had affairs and he did all of these things. But But man, we, you know, like, what are we doing with that? Kristen, that's so good because I think so often when we're stumped, we don't need to talk as much about Kanye. We need to get our kids into scripture. And if we sit there and say, hey, here's what we do know. Look at what Psalm 101 says. And, you know, and we read it together and, and talk about that. And hey, what's the saying to us? What's the saying to all of us who are out there seeking? Then it can kind of get our kids really focused on truth. So they can recognize lies if they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. That, this has been a good conversation. And I think we could go for a lot longer on it, but I want to land things here. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you have enjoyed the conversation that we've had. And if you'd like to learn more about VeggieTales, we actually have a couple of articles and you can find those details in the show notes. And of course, check out our other discussions at thepluggedinshow.com, including subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. Plugging you into the world of pop culture and technology, I'm Adam Holtz for The Plugged In Show, and we'll see you next week.